Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive of those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. And today, we're diving deep into the lore, the legend, the chronicles of Riddick. Maybe the DC movies would be fun to marathon. I'm James Fight, and uh, the person who just spoke is our chief, uh, executive chief archivist, right. pulling double duty as also chief ar archivist. Right, Kenny Madison, executive chief archivist of flatfilms.com. Because the first movie marathon, whenever we come back, I think it would be a good idea to have something where you can laugh at it and only pay attention 10%. Because Until Shazam comes on, because I will watch that movie fully. Shazam, I love, I love Shazam. Here are the good DCEU movies. Shazam, Tippy Toppy, Wonder Woman, incredible movie. Period. Bar none. Below that, Shazam, outstanding sure. movie, wonderful movie with so much unexpected depth. Probably a, li a little bit because we're competing for third place. Because I think Aquaman and Birds of Prey pretty tightly matched Ooh, damn i forgot about yeah birds i of think prey. i would put birds of prey above yeah, well, wait, hold on hold on and listen aquaman's Dude, fun aquaman. but birds of prey is just so good yeah but, it's but momoa's hot also female and, lead and and we got momoa a pacific is islander as uh, as a lead character i think that's got a amount sure, for something fair. i like justice league yeah, aquaman yeah. more than aquaman aquaman because justice league aquaman is so much more over the top. He swigs an entire bottle of whiskey, then swims to the bottom of the ocean in a, in a span of 30 seconds. That's, yes, yeah, that's what I want my Aquaman. Either, either way, Aquaman hey. can quench my I'm telling his wife. Oh, I, I, okay. And then there's the, the rest, and then Justice League, and then there's the rest. So are we talking DC. about just DCEU specifically? Yeah, because there's so many DC movies. Yeah. Because if you did all of them, you would have to do. Uh, yeah, you would have to do. It's good. Oh, I've seen the, that one. You would have to I do have the four Christopher Reeve movies and then the Brandon Routh Superman movie. You would have to do oh, the no. four Burton Schumacher Batman movies as well as the Adam West Batman movie, then the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And it would, it would be a lot as opposed to, I think, the DCEU where we could laugh at it and just go what? And by then the Snyder, by then the Snyder what? cut will come out the amazing the magnificent oh Snyder cut that will change everything it'll change the game Look, because someone if, else edited it I don't know I don't know if you guys remembered this but in Batman v Superman Batman spends an hour trying to figure out what the white portuguese is it's a boat I don't know if you remember this too, but uh, they say Martha, and that's how they get over the differences. Batman spends an hour looking for a boat. So we also have our uh, our editor. <laughs> it's a boat. Aaron, 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 uh, nice guy, um, but and I'm kind of in distress with Kenny on that too. It is it is an hour, um, but I what I an hour. He's looking for a boat. For and an uh, hour. the lioness I, I of mean, our his podcast. His tool belt is limited. 
Olivia Slap and Suarez. I am the lioness of this pod. I am also the host of Shame Watch TV, which you can access on Patreon for as low as $2 a month. Y'all, we are finally on Tasha's season. It's the hot mess that we have just been waiting for. So yeah, subscribe today. And our guest today is... Deron Briscoe. Hey! Just, just a regular Yay. homie. Hey! AKA, AKA, AKA fan hey. of everybody. And we're a fan of you. Oh, hey! Stop it. But glad to have you back, you're man. You're joining it, us it's... not only because you're our friend, but also you joined us on the Too Fast, Too Furious. No? No. No, Fast, Fast and Furious. I thought it was the first one. I thought the whole bit was the second one. He was on the, the Fast and the Furious. I was, I, I, was, I was on the first one. Yeah, I was that's like right, an Fast and Furious. <laughs> hey, I haven't even seen these movies yet, so I haven't even listened to Wild Speed Summer. It's going in. It's going in. It's going in. But I mean, I will say, Olivia, you don't have to see all yes, of them. Do. I don't blame you. It is a lot. It, it's a lot. I would say get ready for Fast none. Five for no, sure. You have to watch. You ha- yeah, you have to watch yeah. all of them to get Hell ready yeah. for now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll work on it slowly but surely. Well, I've got a lot more time I th- now. I think so. you need to see one, two, and four, just so you can appreciate what five is doing. You, you're which gonna is skip such Tokyo an absurd Drift. statement. Yeah. The quintessential piece of Tokyo Drift. No, you put Tokyo Drift after Fast and Furious because you can play the timeline. Yeah, you put it. Put it. Put because timeline, we, yes. this is about efficiency. Okay. I like watching. I like watching it in chronological. This is order. about this is about so. getting Olivia to the good part as quickly as possible. And since Tokyo Drift doesn't chronologically happen between two and four, we want to get her to five as quickly as possible because five is legitimately a good film. Mm-hmm. Like you can enjoy five without like a sense of irony. I didn't. I didn't have a five sense of irony is, with the other ones. Well, that's They're great. They're all fun. I was still blown away. <laughs> oh, wait. I can't say that because Olivia hasn't seen them yet. Oh, yeah. You, you, you'd really, Sorry. you genuinely like Los Bandoleros, Olivia. I, you, it's, oh, yeah. You need to watch Los It's a Los very Bandoleros. romantic movie. And it directed. Oh, I like It I like is so, movies. I love it so much. Directed by our subject for this. November. Our Lord and Savior himself. Vin uh, November. Uh, Aaron put in the November sound effect right here. Olivia, can you send me a no- November sound effect? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't got one yet? Yeah, so not I yet, got but you. We're gonna. What should it, what should it sound uh, like? like? It's just marbles. Just Probably marbles in your mouth. Probably the same as the other stingers I sent. What is that, Olivia? Probably the same as the other stingers I submitted last month. Oh, but it's gotta have a little bit. It's gotta have a little bit of the deeds. Oh, oh, okay, so do the same November, and then at the end, just go family. <laughs> That's it. That's the only difference. And then we'll we'll do the uh, Maybe you pit- Summer sound effect after you say family. And then it just gets messy. You pit- <laughs> Maybe pitch Olivia down to be in Vin Diesel's octave range, mm-hmm. so it's just November. It's November, baby. Like <laughs> <laughs> adapted to the darkness. I was born in it. Uh, just like Riddick. Well, Riddick was born the darkness, in the darkness, exactly. but he did change his eyes to see in the darkness. And yeah. uh, Aaron, it's last so week, 
you said that you saw this movie first before Pitch Black. Uh huh. Man, I yeah. think that was the uh, right move. <laughs> I yeah, me too. I I didn't see. Pitch oh, this Black, is the, so I I jumped in. This that's the right move. Chronicles. It's a far better it, experience. The leaps and bounds better. It's, it's, I took, it's I took Aaron's advice. So much better. Did we all? Did we all like this movie? Duran, you like this movie? Of course, I like, like this <laughs> okay, movie. Okay, like I, wonderful. Like, but like, I'm I'm one of the guys who watched Pitch Black. And I watched it on like the Sci-Fi Channel when the <laughs> yeah, it's a came. very sci-fi. <laughs> it's very yeah, sci-fi it's channel. Very sci-fi channel. They're very, channel. very, very campy and stuff. But then whenever, but I, I remember uh, Riddick being one of my more favorite characters amongst that. So whenever the Chronicles of Riddick came out, I was like, okay, I gotta, yeah, yeah. Let's see, let's, let's see what's going on with this. And it, it definitely just, just especially just all the action sequences and stuff. I, I personally enjoyed this more than. Oh uh, yeah, Pitch Black. by far. Yes. Because Pitch Black felt like it was trying to be like super slow and like maybe a little mysterious, but this just jumps into the action. Yeah. Mis- yeah. I mean, I can understand Pitch Black wanting to be a little bit more, you know, meth- I, I don't know if that's the right yeah. word, methodical in like the world building because they kind of just crash there and they have to figure out how to, you know, survive given mm-hmm. the current situation with all the aliens and stuff. So I like, I understand that. But pitch, pitch black feels so much more yeah. scattershot compared mm-hmm. to Chronicles yes. of Riddick. Um, now, Aaron, because this is a, a guilty pleasure movie podcast, and this is the movie that you have been chomping at the bit to talk about, probably since the beginning of us deciding to cover guilty pleasure movies Two on this podcast. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I I genuinely remember when we were like talking about like which movies to do next. We were trying to like see which direction we were going, and I'd be like, "Well, I like Chronicles of Riddick," and I'd be like, "Please say it, please, say, please accept it, please accept it, please accept it, please accept and it." And it took ten <laughs> years to finally say yes. And we started doing themes and one new host, like, and we started doing themes, and I was like, "Fuck, when are we gonna get to Chronicles of Riddick?" Because I can honestly say probably top five of my favorite sci-fi movies like science fiction films and i'm putting this up there like with with alien i'm putting i'll put this up there with galaxy quest i i really really <laughs> oh like gosh. this movie galaxy, galaxy quest rips yeah love that movie. i i really like this movie it's it takes itself so damn seriously and that identity issue we had with pitch black gets thrown away. Yep. It's an extremely stacked cast. You got Dame Judy Dench in this movie. Keith David. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we got Carl Urban. This stack is it's a stacked cast, man. It does it it feels like that South Park joke about Family Guy that there is a tank of manatees. But instead of writing a Family Guy episode, they're the casting department for this movie. Yeah. Where they're just like, cool, a manatee picked a ball. It's Tandy Newton, great. Tandy Newton's going to be in this movie. Great. Who else? Carl Urban. Okay, that kind of makes sense. He was in Lord of the Rings. Cool. The Manatee's picking another ball. Okay. Noted stage and screen actress, <laughs> Dame Judi Dench. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there is no better movie to celebrate our two year anniversary 
because our first episode came out on November 12th, 2019. Whoa. 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 Damn. Whoa. And so there might not be any better movie to cover for this recording session than Chronicles of Riddick. Now, you said that this is a little bit of a guilty pleasure. What is what is the guilt? What is the shame that might be attached to this movie, Aaron? Um, Only because, like... I feel like a lot of people know of this movie. Um, I feel like they don't. They're like, it's not your go-to movie when you think of Vin. It's obviously sure. Groot. Um, but it it's it's a little strange. It's a sequel, first of all. Yeah. So a lot of people aren't vibing with it right off the bat. Um, sure. And it's it's silly. It's dumb. And, and just to... And and Kenny, you we, we messaged about it last night and I got it to your message late. They outrun the sun <laughs> and he saves himself by dousing himself in one canteen of water. And we have a literal steamy scene after that. <laughs> listen to <laughs> like, me. Listen to me. Every single person that is listening to this episode, listen to these words more than anything else. Family. Uh, get black people jobs yeah. and voices. But uh, the second thing, uh, because I just used my platform and I tricked you guys. You thought I was going to say something about Vin Diesel. Well, I am now. Uh, he. If you like the Fast and the Furious movies, then why aren't you watching Chronicles of Riddick? Because he outruns a sunrise. Vin Diesel. He outruns. Listen to me. He outruns. If you are not listening to me now, listen to me now. He out Vin Diesel. He outruns the sun. Jaron, I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, Vin Diesel outruns a sunset, sunrise. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I definitely remember that. Uh, I also remember whenever he he was chained in the jail and he did like the whole yo-yo <laughs> effect to like <laughs> get all fucking hot. That's such a banger. <laughs> He kills a person with a teacup. Like, ah. Oh. That was badass. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was just like, with him and his eyes. Oh, especially when, when in the beginning, we this see so his cool. all long and he's got this beard. And, but then that scene when he's like clean shaven, I was like, hello. And he does it with <laughs> one knife. You know? What a badass. Like, oh. Oh man! And no yeah, razor bumps. Yeah. No, no razor. clean shave. <laughs> clean shave. I love. I love my men clean shaven. Oh, so I, was <laughs> I just before we be oh. get too effusive in our praise, I think it's critical to establish a little bit of context as to why someone might feel a little us. bit of guilt. Olivia, Olivia, roll that beautiful stinger right now. The thing I love about that is that's so interesting. <laughs> Great thing about that stinger is it's just so interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In a review titled Two Sighs for Sci-Fi, written by Dorothy Woodend, published June 25th, 2004, of the Taiyi.com. That's T-Y-E-E.com. And this is edited for time. Please forgive me. My sister might have said it best. I'll say that again. My sister might have said it best. After we watched the Chronicles of Riddick, we walked out of the theater and she said, P 
P-fucking-U. Yes, The Chronicles of Riddick is not a very good film. The first clue that might that things might not be all that they could be is the film's opening shot. The camera pans over a giant statue of the Dread Necromongers, a dark army that leaves behind dead planets and big scary sculptures. The statue in question is supposed to strike fear and terror into onlookers, but it only seems terribly cross-eyed. This may be the first moment of unintentional hilarity, but it's not the last. This film is packed stem to stern with guffaws, head-shaking moments, and assorted was and huhs. There are also lots of ay, ay, and grrrs, and other grunts and groans that pass for dialogue. Cut to a frozen planet where a spaceship is chasing Richard B. Riddick. Before you can say, holy hairdo, Riddick has outwitted his captors and flown back to civilization where he goes to visit the nice Muslim imam, Keith David, who he rescued from the pitch black monsters five years ago. The necromongers are coming and Riddick is part of the destiny to save humanity. Apparently, Riddick is a Furian and part of some ancient prophecy. The plot very quickly goes all over the place from one end of the universe to the next, but despite all the action, this movie is actually dull. I found myself starting to count the number of times Riddick takes off his goggles and puts them back on, on, off, on, off. There are a few bright moments. After rescuing his female protege Kira from 700 degree temperatures by dousing himself with a bottle of water and swinging through the air like a Futurama Tarzana, the camera cuts to Riddick steaming like a hot dog. It is a moment so bloated and overblown, there is nothing to do but laugh out loud. Whether it's meant to be funny is a whole other question. The Chronicles of Riddick is a good example of what happens when Hollywood jumps on the epic bandwagon. After LOTR wiped the floor with everybody, you can expect many more three-parters, of which Riddick was supposed to be the first third of an epic space opera. It's also another example of why actors should never become producers. Actors, for the most part, are ego-driven boobies. Diesel is also one of the film's producers. In Diesel's case, he seems to adhere to the John Wayne school of talk low, talk slow, and don't say too much. Which worked well enough for the Duke, but there can only be one Duke. And Diesel ain't it. Oof. Go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> I love this movie. Sounds, it, just sounds, it just sounds like a bunch of hate. Yep. Hate, 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 hate. Apparently, that film critic doesn't feel like I do. Aaron put the chorus of Feel Like oh I Do right there. That song. It's a good love song. that song. Oh, it's so good. Man. Duran, have you heard Vin Diesel's song? I. I did see the link. I haven't had the opportunity to listen to it, but I will. It's a banger, dude. It, <laughs> At some point. You, straight up. It's banger. legitimately really fun, which is so surprising. I need that. Like once it's safe to, to go, like post COVID-19 vaccine. I want that like blasting. Yeah. Rose it's, room just, it's just a fun like, vibe, little, man. It's just, you know, <laughs> like I, I could loop that at a party and I, I don't think anybody yes. would be bothered by it. Like it's just. Yeah. Ben, let's collab. <laughs> oh, it I she she brought up all the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why she was saying it was this bad. movie. I I feel like this movie does what Fast and the Furious eventually yeah. becomes. <gasps> but no one liked it at this time because there wasn't there there pun intended there wasn't context for it yet right. we we had not been 
properly conditioned to enjoy Vin the way that we were supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if not too many people have seen Pitch Black. And it, that was a little bit more serious just because they were trying to escape. But like all the absurdity that uh, Chronicles of Riddick brought in, we we like people weren't ready for that. And I, I can definitely understand that. Pitch Black is a horror movie. This movie has no horror elements Mm-mm. in it. This is a straight up action adventure sci-fi yeah, fantasy great. movie. It, it's it's Star Wars and Conan and Dune. And it is on a scale that we will probably never, ever, ever see again for something that is not a pre-established franchise. And what I like about this, too, is it has, like, little notes of gothic drama in it. Like, yes. like the sculptures and the art. Like, I, I was, like, sold. Like, even as a kid, I genuinely remember, like, sitting up when, like, you pan in close to the faces and then it turns and it's a mask. And I was like, oh, shit. Ah, I like this. Whatever this is, this is cool. And it's just like the drama and artwork behind the Necromongers is just so cool and unnecessary. I understand. Like all of that shit is unnecessary, but it was cool. They definitely put a lot of time into giving us that. And for people to, unappreci- to not appreciate that, I feel like this is that's. That's yeah. definitely not cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, give, like, give them their flowers for the artwork. Hell yeah. Yeah, like, and I will say it's a sci-fi take on a my on an Aztec warrior trying to escape Christianity from the Spaniards. That's kind of like the vibe I was getting from it, and I think I was like, that's why I fucking like this movie. He he's he's trying to get away from being colonized and being converted, and that's why I like this. Kenny literally just lit up like a light bulb with delight. Oh gosh, that's some good, that's some good film analysis, baby. It, it, and when I saw that, I was like, "This is why I liked it." Whenever it came out, what? Oh shit, was this two thousand four, two thousand three? Yeah, some some around there. Yeah, I do believe so. That that's why I was like, "This is the apocalypto I wanted," but it just happens in space. Olivia looks like you want to try say something. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know what I was thinking when I was watching this movie? No. You know what? What? It, well, I'm about to tell you. Thank you. So you're welcome. So I was thinking that this would have been an amazing crossover with Blade. I don't know why. I think it was just because Blade and Riddick don't talk that often. But here they are. They're being thrown into um, just these shenanigans of trying to defeat this uh, group of people. Or in this case, yeah, just like dead, undead people. And I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. And I thought, wow, how cool would it have been to have had Blade and Riddick? Oh, I, I definitely, I definitely would have enjoyed them trying to one-up each other Hell online. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some motherfucker. Sometimes, there's always some motherfucker always trying to ice skate up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I just... Oh man, space vampires would have been just. Uh, I mean, and then like a space, a space Deacon Frost, which as oh, yeah. we remember from the Blade episode, your girl was thirsty for Deacon. Deacon yeah, like, <laughs> and your girl was thirsty for for Vaco too. Oh, so. oh wow, Vaco, baby, dude, young Urban, that was yeah. good. And he just gets better with age, man. Like in the boys right now, Urban, the man's killing Urban. it. 
I th- my favorite urban look so far, no surprise, is in the 2009 Star Trek mm-hmm. movie, but specifically in the be- whenever his character is introduced, because he's got a fair amount of scruff going on, and he's wearing a leather jacket and some good dark clothes, and he's got those beautiful eyes at the same time. He is such a snack. Mm-hmm. He is such a snack. And he's looking very snacky, right, sitting right next to Chris Pine, yeah. whose blue eyes are just popping off the screen 3D style. Uh, Carl Urban, man, what a snack. And he's perfectly dialed into this movie. Everyone's so dialed into this movie. Everyone knows exactly what this movie is, which uh, is, yeah. this is such a drastic improvement over Pitch Black. I was, I was going into this movie because the reputation of this movie is that it is much worse than Pitch Black. Pitch Black is so well regarded. And I, I genuinely don't get it because I think that Pitch Black is so milquetoast. And this movie, I, I I think there could be a valid argument. It, like it might just not be on your wavelength because it is so over the top. Mm-hmm. Also, you don't... But it, but it is so yeah. ambitious. You also don't need Pitch Black to enjoy this film. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I didn't even see Pitch Black. Yeah, so I, you know the I'm first five I minutes. It. I didn't see Pitch Black up. for years. Like yeah. they explain everything in the first five minutes, and you, it's fine. You get you get most of it. Yeah, I mean this is an Indiana Jones movie, but with Vin Diesel in the role, and also he has no faults, unlike and Indiana in space. Jones. <laughs> and he's got cool. They are in space. Indiana Jones very rarely goes into very space. Rare. Some may say never at and all. They, they know how to use they know yeah. how to use ropes That's and true. whips. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. And water. God, that's yes. such a stupid scene that I love it's, so much. It's, it's just, just oh. great, though. First, man. <laughs> that's what that's what I want, though. That's what I want, and it would probably seem silly now or back then because you hadn't seen the Fast and the Furious movies, but because we ramped up to that in the Fast and the Furious movies, we have a proper context. So us doubling back and going to see Chronicles of Riddick and seeing Vin Diesel douse himself with only a canteen of water and going out into sun that is 700 degrees hot and then not even coming back with a single sunburn. He's just kind of steamy. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I want. I feel like I feel like we can recreate that scene in, for Aaron in the Texas weather. Oh yeah, I'm constantly <laughs> steaming as it is. I'm just perpetually wet because of how hot it is in yeah. Texas. There you go. There you go. We, we can recreate it. We can do it. Stay tuned for uh, Patreon at the seven. See that behind the scenes content. <laughs> I just I I think what. The only thing that made me a little upset about this movie, and even as a kid, I remember I was like, "Man, I wish we got more of that guy." Was Keith David dies? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just what a loss! And I don't know if it was a contract thing. Maybe he was signed up for another movie that he was like back to back or something. But like, damn, I could have used some more Keith David at the end. Like, like may, even a little bit longer if he were to give the speech. Like, and I, I was okay with the way he died, I guess. But if he were to give the speech against uh what's his face in that little cathedral they had trying to convert everybody if he was the one mm-hmm. to like defy it i would have been a little bit more okay yeah. but just just he i mean we get maybe 10 minutes of the movie and then he's gone yeah. and then we get maybe maybe five to eight minutes of keith david and that's never enough for me no even yeah, if no. keith david is the star of a movie it's not enough. we need no. more keith yeah. david. that's what we're saying we need 
more Keith David. I d- <sighs> That's also on our merch line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me more Keith David. Uh, I he- KDWT. In Keith David, we trust. <laughs> <laughs> Available on all religious shops. Um, an- an- another one that I've, like, I think with everybody, everybody that's part of this movie, it, I think this was the first time I got a glimpse into everybody's fandom. Because, like, after this, you just, you undeniably know what everybody's interests are based just based mm-hmm. off the projects they pick. Like, even with uh, Thaddy Newton, mm-hmm. like, like now she's doing like amazing things with Westworld, you know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just craziness with like the cast that they had at this time and where they went to. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Kenny. Well, I was just going to add some context, but I want to hear Aaron say his thing first. Well, no, I was I was just going to say because what what I, the problem I had with Pitch Black is it just does not have that identity for me. It it doesn't have and and I and I said that for movies between 98 to about 2001 and i was watching this with heraclio my my roommate and he and i told him that too and he was like yeah you're right and like the scene he was watching it with me is when they're like overtaking um the planet in the very beginning and there's soldiers everywhere and there's just all this mass chaos and he was like i know this is gonna be kind of weird but this is post 9 11 so it kind of feels like they had to really notch up all the dread and chaos and just carnage because we saw it as kids and it, we were just familiar with it at that point and it kind of desensitizes us just a little bit because we saw something of real life nature in that in that in that uh like really happened in front of our eyes and so they amped it up a little bit more and that's where you kind of see the boom of those kinds of movies like of, of just you know chaos and and just devastation and and i i it helps that, that this movie because you get that grand scale of of what's going a world of galaxy domination kind of thing i i think that adds some much needed context because where we were in terms of our media consumption was definitely not this over the top mm-hmm. we were going back to making things real grim and gritty that was kind of the name of the game at that point our superheroes very much operated in a real world situation spider-man relatively grounded batman begins comes out the next year uh from this and that movie basically takes everything from square one and explains everything puts it in very real terms because of uh september 11th we're very much trying to deal with that national trauma and trying to process that and then here comes this big dumb bombastic hard science fiction space fantasy that is just trying to have fun on its own terms and people just kind of look at it and go, I don't, I, I don't believe this. These people aren't real. This is, this is silly and dumb. And that's the best kinds of things. Cause that's when you have the most and, fun is when things are silly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not where our headspace was back in 2004. Uh, at least not right. all the times to, 
let's see, where was Vin's career at this point? Because 2000 Pitch Black happens. That's a sleeper, as we've talked about. The year after that, uh, I think June or July of 2001, you've got The Fast and the Furious. And that movie is a runaway smash hit. The year after that is Triple X, which, while over the top, also is specifically a reaction to James Bond and goes, what if James Bond was cool and American and real? And kind of a reaction to 9-11, would you say? Especially in 2002. Like, it's it's kind of Americana badass with guns kind of thing. I I think so. Yeah, it's a little bit of American exceptionalism because Mm -hmm. it's the American James Bond while also being Vin Diesel. Um, which I, yes. I mean, those are just synonymous then, American James Bond and Vin Diesel. That's just it's yes. the same words. <laughs> so Vin Diesel is a died in the wall action star at this point. And then this is to steal the name of another podcast. This is his and David Toohey's blank check. This is the thing that they put all of their cards on this is they get a hundred million plus budget on a sequel that was moderately successful and this movie pretty much breaks even which is definitely not good enough it kind of recouped its budget and that's it Uh, and that this is the thing that tanks vin's career and kind of makes him get back on the road to almost crawling back to Fast and Furious. Uh, I think like five years later. Yep. Because after this, his star wanes and he just kind of does movies that don't connect anymore because he is an older style of action star. Yes, and I just but this movie rules. It, it, to, to me, it's just it's it's two hours. It's a two hour long movie. Um, Kenny did bring to my attention the extended cut on HBO Max. It's got a fifteen minute uh, extension. Um, but what I like about this movie is it's the perfect tempo for an action movie. It's yeah. you you get ramped up and my blood pressure gets a little high and I'm like, all right, slow down. And then you have a ship scene where people are just talking shit with each other. And you have an inner monologue of Vin's because it's Vin Diesel. And then you load up and you have to ride a trolley to a prison. And you're not sure how this prison essentially works. And then you see little snippets of how dangerous Riddick really is. He he kills a man when he's tied to a, a, a trolley. Like, and nobody really cares. And then you get little extra snippets. And then you get a prison fight scene after a Circus Soleil spin move on a rope a yo-yo action like duran called it <laughs> amazing and he's oh, still giving thanks. quippy dialogues like take the money tombs and to me that's just a cool fucking line i'll say it that is i'd take the money tombs like because he's saying i'm gonna cause trouble so just get out of here and take your money and go like that is such a cool line delivery i don't know why and and just like the the the, the guards are like space russians and then you get like them escaping afterwards and you don't get like you just get just bits you get beats of the action sequence they're running 
cool. They're running for a good 20 minutes. But it, it doesn't seem like that because then, you know, he he kills a guy with like a, a rope, a, a, a rope thing. He kills a guy that way. Yes. And then they're just running. And then you just catch up to them climbing a rock or climbing a wall. And then, you know, we get our steamy scene. And then it's just like these ebbs and flows and these waves of like perfect action sequences. And it doesn't feel like a two hour movie. I, I don't know. I, I really it bums me out that people don't like this movie. I really like this movie. Sorry if y'all couldn't. T- I'll pay thirty dollars because I just really fucking like this. That's movie. not the I rule. Just, <laughs> I, yeah, that's not the I'll rule. do it. Oh, Aaron, you're supposed you're supposed to wait until after the yeah. Rotten Tomatoes game. That's, just, that's how it goes. True. That's my Stick bad. I just to the bit, man. I just broke the sixth rule. So. <laughs> I mean, he broke the fourth rule a few weeks ago by that's doing true, math. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, that's true. Yeah, on the episode. Uh, weird intervention, uh, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. On the episode. <laughs> yeah. I just it's a it's a perfect action movie in my opinion and I, I I don't care who who knows it. Do you say that this is cinematic meth for you? It might because I get hyped watching it because like I was watching it with Herc <laughs> and I was like wait 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 this is my favorite part right when he was about to do the yo-yo thing and then he was like oh god that's dumb I was like it's gonna get better so he cool. kills somebody with the teacup <laughs> just wait and then it came up and then it got better <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Aaron, do you want to explain why we got so hyped just thinking about this movie the last time we was hanging out? Oh, dude, it was just like, wait, wait, no, you tell it, man, because that, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> uh, so we hung out, like, I want to say a month ago. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we hung out a month ago, and we were, uh, we were vibing. And I forget what we were talking about, but we was explain we was talking about something with in the realm of like soul like phasing back and forth and stuff. And and then like we me and him both had the epiphany of like, oh we this about, about like this from this one movie. We couldn't read and then we both went <laughs> reading. And then it was like the like the most bromance Hell moment. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about like out of body experiences man. kind of thing. And then we both just like clicked and it was just oh man. That's just such a cool concept, dude. So cool. It, it is really is. It is <laughs> so thrilling. Romances. That that phasing that Lord Marshall does. I love that his name is Lord Marshall. That is perfect. That is perfect. It's perfect yes, bad villain. It's titles. perfect villain vibes. Perfect. Yes. Yes, honey. Um, and it's it's just the payoff for that where <laughs> Lord Marshall phases accidentally into Riddick's knife because Riddick is so perfect. And his face is like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I can't stop it. <laughs> like that feeling you got a shit, just like oh, 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 yeah. Because Riddick is the best. He's the smartest. He's the strongest. He's the fastest. He sees in the dark. He can fight anything. He can kill anything. He cares about everyone, uh, except for bad people. He can save anyone whenever he wants. It's it, yes, 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 honey. Y'all, we didn't talk about the knife thing with Lord Marshall. Think it's a half gram heavy on the back. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. He spins a yeah. knife in his hand. Several times. Like, they cut back to it a lot. Like, it goes, cut, reaction shot, cut of a different way of spinning it, reaction cut, and then back to a different and then, spin. Yeah, it's, it's Vin Diesel's face, and then you cut to the person that's actually spinning the knife, which is supposed to be Riddick. It's just spinning the knife perfectly, and then you cut to the reaction shots, then cut back to the knife spinning, and then cut back to Vin Diesel, who's basically just like, <laughs> woo, spinning that knife sure was hard. <laughs> it's just... Also, uh, like, oh, before God. that, when the other guy, like, takes the soul out of the guy's body and just, like, sends it down to the earth and is just like, uh, uh, and just dies. So good. It's so good. Oh, he sees man. his soul leave his body. It's so good. I would love to see this and as, also, I mean, you know what I'm going to say, as an anime. Just a whole <laughs> series. Like, a 12-episode arc would be badass in this world. Isn't, isn't there an anime? What? I think is there, there is. So, okay. I actually had a patron reach out to me. Um, in regards to November, and he's actually a good buddy of mine in Duran's. Danny, Danny, honestly, yeah, Danny honestly kind of freaked me out. He just called me out of nowhere, and I was like, you, you good, man? He was like, yeah, I just want to talk about the episode. I was like, oh, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm at work, but let me call you back. And uh, he was like, yeah, so tell James there is an anime, and he wants to get together and do uh, a game watch about Escape from Butcher Bay, the third yes. prequel for <laughs> for Pitch Black. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. so there so there there are three prequels to Chronicles of Riddick. Uh one being Chronicles of Riddick Dark Fury, the animation that Danny is talking Sweet. about, which I I have purchased and is available for you guys to Perfect, watch. Perfect, thank you. It is also 30 minutes long. Mm. So that is good. And it takes place immediately after Pitch Black. So it's an animated short, then? Okay. It is. I want a whole series, but that's fine. Okay. Beggars can't be choosers. Well, I mean, we can. Jeez. And then, as Daddy also said, you guys should get together to do a game watch because there are two Chronicles of Riddick games, Escape from Butcher Bay and Assault on Dark Athena, that function as prequels to this movie and sequels to or uh, yeah, also pe prequels to Pitch Black. Escape yes, from Butcher is Bay so is genuinely one of my favorite movie video games. What generation is this? Uh, Xbox original, original Xbox. Xbox. Okay. Um, so although, it's clunky. Uh, from, <laughs> from, yeah. from my from my research with Assault on Dark Athena getting released in two thousand nine, they also released a remastered version of Escape from Butcher Bay. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more updated. okay. So it's on three sixty. <laughs> there is so much ancillary material for the for the Riddick universe. Mm -hmm. It's 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 wonderful and strikes me as what Vin Diesel likes because he's such a nerd and a dork. That's awesome. Yes. He's one of us. Mm -hmm. He plays Which, D D. <laughs> he he really is, but then apparently uh <laughs> he doesn't play D D with like all the other famous people that play D. &D yeah. So I mean I'm sure <laughs> there's something up there, but we don't have to think about it too hard because he plays D D. It's fine. He's one of us. <laughs> One of one us. Of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, I just. How's it going, Olivia? Good. No, I'm just. I'm just enjoying like 
all the healthy bromances that are <laughs> unfolding before me. You know, we stand healthy male relationships. We should play some D and E, guys. Oh God, I'd yes, be fine, dude. With Riddick characters. I mean, oh, can I be? Can I be uh, Dame Baco? I was gonna bring her up. Uh, so she's, please, she's got some great. She's got some great lioness energy. And you want to no. know why? I don't. I don't like to just uh, talk about women in terms of what they wear because obviously women are more than what they wear. But that dress, James? like that, that that nude colored dress she's wearing it's like the long sleeve that is a fucking amazing gown it was like, a that's look. a flex if you can it yeah was if you look. get if you can pull off like a nude colored gown and then and toward the end when she's wearing that other outfit with like the the deep cut um neckline i was like yes girl she's got some big like badass energy and i also loved her smoky eye when she was applying the makeup a um, literal smoky but- eye <laughs> A literal smoky Yes! It was, yes! It was incredible. Um, just, I was like, damn. Because I know sometimes when you're trying to apply, like, eyeliner or any kind of eyeshadow, like, eyes are usually sometimes, like, the most um, tricky part. Because if you <laughs> move or anything like that, like, it messes up. You know, you can smudge and risk everything. So I just want to applaud Dame Vaco for that. And also just because she just has real, like, like I said, lioness energy. And she like encourages Baco to like continue on with the mission um, to yeah. Kill like she, she yeah she was like encouraging her man, which like how can you not like support her <laughs> like, yeah. like, like like she just wants the best for her man like exactly stand by your man <laughs> like, but like in a healthy way because I'm sure if he had died I'm sure she would have finished the job for him. Mm-hmm. Because right. that's that's the kind of energy she has. Yeah. So I just yeah. I, I really liked her. Tandy Newton is definitely uh, Lord Vaca strikes me as a dude who's just kind of uh just like bread. He's just there and you kinda like bread, but also you kind of forget that bread is sometimes there. And he, Dame Vaco is definitely the one that's pulling all of the strings, and Lord Vaco is like yep. I remember that that's what I would like to do. She's the Lady yep. Macbeth, essentially, yeah. of, yes. of this movie. <laughs> that's a much more eloquent way to put that. Yes, as per uh, usual, Olivia coming in with the save. Uh, let's let's, folks, let's give her a promotion. Come on. I mean, y'all should have been gave her a promotion a long time. She, she, just saying, yeah, she's she an executive so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The fans demand it. I'm the executive chief lioness of this pod. <laughs> there you go. Just like that. Promotions happening <laughs> right and left, man. Like we are really what I really love company. <laughs> what I really love about her character is one, a part of that culture you'd imagine women don't have a very strong foothold. And she oh. she knows that. And she's like, fuck it. I'm still going to be successful. I'm still going to get where I want to go, mm-hmm. even in this right. culture that won't let me. And it's going to be on the back of Vako. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to get there. And you can tell that by her last line delivery, which is just her screaming. Just, just Yeah, I-, I wanted to bring that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where she's just like, no, like just literally it's taken away from her because she knows Vaco won't be able to kill Riddick. Like, it's just in the prophecy, it's not going to happen. Like, it's going to be at the hands of a Furion. Like, it's just, and and she feels it. And she's like, no, now I'm stuck in this shitty culture where women aren't, are, are treated as, you know, 
below the surface citizens and it's just god just and her looks the whole time just a fucking masterpiece i loved her yeah work of art literal work of art <laughs> yeah well i think uh, we all emphatically love this movie yes i i i want an old style DVD set with like three discs of special features so cool. that go into all of the lore that and all of the hard work that went into this movie. Uh, but it just doesn't exist because this movie was relatively a bomb, which is so, so unfortunate because it's oh. so it's so big and so delightfully doofy. It is just so much fun. What was its budget? And then what did it make? Uh, James, I don't. I just don't think that we can... I know, I ask there. impossible questions that we can never find the answers to, and I apologize, but... Well, it's lucky that you have an executive chief archivist I, you on know, payroll. I'm lucky I have you, buddy. Guys, they're gunners... Chronicles of Riddick! Activate! The, the, gu- the gunners were literally hanging from the side of the ship. How oh, can you not yeah, like so this cool. movie? So that was cool. something else, man. Oof. Oof. What, what does he say when he first gets in the ship at the beginning? Um, you made three mistakes. One, first, you took yeah. the job. Yeah. Two, Two you packed you light. Brought, <laughs> you only brought a four-man job. And three, empty gun rack. <laughs> All right. Ready for these numbers, I'm folks? ready. Hit me. Ready. Okay. Production budget. Do we want to take a guess? $4.5 million. $4.5 million is what the budget yes. was. You're saying that the budget of this movie. But 2003 Okay, so. Say, great. Wonderful. I'm going to say maybe $75 million. $75 million from the Lioness. Mr. Executive Salinas? Chief Lioness. <laughs> Executive Chief Lioness. Oh, please, don't, please don't give me a demotion. <laughs> uh, $122 million. 122 million for Mr. Salinas, Duran. Uh, I'll say, I'll say 110. Oh, 110. Uh, Mr. Salinas, you are closest without going under. The production budget was 120 oh. million dollars. Oh my god! Oh boy, uh, guys, James, you really undershot there on 4.5 <laughs> million. 4.5. Yeah, you know what? Dude. I got mixed up. I forgot how money works sometimes. Just for perspective, Clerks 2, the Kevin Smith film, where it all takes place in a fast food restaurant, that movie is $5 million. Yeah, I forgot how production works, all right? <laughs> I haven't sure. thought about movies in that regard in a long time. This okay, special effects. Yeah, yeah now, just effects alone. Now that we've established what the production budget was, give me the guess of what the opening weekend gross was for The Chronicles of Riddick, which came out in June of 2004 5.5 million 5.5 million dollars okay james that that is your guess miss suarez suarez i didn't hear you million one more time 20 million 20 million million. thank you mr salinas I know it was at least six dollars because me and my mom went to go see it <laughs> at the Rio <laughs> Cinema. Oddly enough, it was just six dollars. <laughs> so I'm gonna say 
Ah, uh, damn! Would you say one Lily? adult and one little tiny baby? Aaron Salinas, so come on down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't, guys. I don't. Uh, maybe ten million. Maybe. Duran. I'm gonna say. I, I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll say fifteen million. I feel like we all overshot. All of guys. you. <laughs> All of you have actually gone oh. under Olivia. Oh. If we were playing by traditional prices right rules, Olivia would be closest. But we're not. The opening weekend was twenty four million dollars, which is still really yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And a and a worldwide box office of a hundred and seven million dollars on a one hundred and twenty million dollar budget. Oof. This movie break even. Yeah, domestic box office, which was way more important back in 2004, was $57 million. So this movie was a big fan. And it was a uh, summer blockbuster. It should have been a grand, it should have been a grand slam. Yeah, Damn. especially with, with Vin at this time, oh. considering that he had had the, the triple hitter of Pitch Black, The Fast and the Furious, and Triple X. Aaron, can you go ahead and play that uh, flop sound effect? It just, damn man it just what a shame what yeah, a shame yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's so big it is so it reminded me of a more good version of jupiter ascending which if you guys have seen jupiter ascending I've it's, I've refused to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the Channing Tatum one. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't think I watched it, but I think did that come out in 2015? When did Jupiter Ascending? That sounds think, about right. Somewhere around that. Because I I, I think 15, when 16. I when I was interning in LA, I remember like writing about how he signed on to that project or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Jupiter Ascending came out in 2015. Channing Tatum plays a dog man with jet boots. It's, Sorry, a a dog cop with jet boots. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, so was he a good boy? It's, uh, you'd have to ask Mila Kunis about that. Ayo. Uh, but anyways, Jupiter Ascending is like this movie times 100 for good and bad. Uh, it feels like 20 movies all in one. Um, it's It's insane. It's big. And this movie is far more cohesive than Jupiter Ascending and is so big. And I can definitely understand why no one would ever try and make something like this again for another 10 or 11 years. Because this thing has just missed the mark so much, which is so sad. But also it just wasn't what people were wanting at the time. And Vin Diesel was a lot more of a joke back then because people didn't know how to process it. People didn't know how to process him. He was like, wait, so he raced cars <laughs> and he's a spy <laughs> and he's like an alien race with like sexy I eyes. I don't get it. <laughs> the sexy well, eyes were just too much. Y'all talked about it, I think, last episode, but the first time I think I was introduced to Vin Diesel was the pacifier. So I didn't. Oh. And then I, then, I, then I associated him with Fast and the Furious, even though I still haven't seen the movies. Yeah. And then when we were planning out this month's episodes, I was like, I haven't even heard of the Riddick series. So it was interesting to watch one of his earlier works. Yeah. I mean, the pacifiers, him trying to do the Schwarzenegger 
thing, which is let me do a comedy to soften my image because Vin Diesel was the heir apparent to Schwarzenegger and definitely does not establish him in that mold. No one can match Schwarzenegger. The Rock is the closest thing to a modern day Schwarzenegger and it's it's nowhere close because Schwarzenegger you just he's so much more of an archetype yeah um is they 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 haven't had the similar paths but do you think vin is more of a van damme nowadays mm. only because i feel like everybody wanted to be arnie like if you were in action that's if you were an action star that's obviously your your path is you're like i gotta do the arnie thing and obviously, The Rock is the only one who's hit it out of the park. But I think if Vin took the more Van Damme approach, that yeah. might have been... Because even then, you can't do... Because I feel like Stallone's his own category as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, I, would, so. I would say if you had to apply an analog to Vin Diesel with 80s action stars, I think he would be more Stallone than anything. Yeah, I would okay. say Stallone just because of the Fast and Furious uh, series going like toe-to-toe with like rocky like just yeah. by sheer like like uh like they build all upon that universe to the point where they have their own spinoffs and stuff like that yeah that's true um, he's much more of a franchise guy like stallone is very much a franchise guy he's he's got guaranteed paychecks i mean when they do fast and the furious again in 20 years vin diesel is a shoe-in that he's gonna show up in there yeah yeah, just like they did with Creed. Like it, it's just gonna happen. Creed is so good. Creed is so good. <laughs> Creed is so good. Yeah. With I, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Hot. I was, hot I was gonna say that, and then I remembered why, yeah, why yeah. I can't say that anymore. You just have so. to add the Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it's just hot, hot. Hot take. I really didn't like Creed that much. Really? I thought Whoa. that Creed I thought that Creed was the spoiled rich. Olivia's kid. crying right now. I no. I can understand I can understand what you mean by that, Kenny, but I still think that it's definitely a uh it's it's definitely a great movie just from an emotional standpoint. It uh, is. Somebody just for somebody who uh didn't get a chance to like I'm not talking speaking from personal thing or but like for somebody who didn't really know his father and the only thing he knows from that his, uh, ch- shares with his father is the fact that he loves boxing yeah and then yeah. the person and that he forms a relationship with one of his father's a best friends as one of his uh father's rivals and just having that emotional standpoint with that built to build upon yeah and i think that's why i enjoy that movie getting the idea of <laughs> someone's too- legacy like like with Creed, like he you know he knew of his father's legacy. He didn't know of Apollo. He didn't know of his of of his father. Like yeah, it, it's not to yeah. n- not to negate your experience, Duran. But fuck you, you're an asshole. <laughs> uh, okay, so what I said no. about healthy romance. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm so well aware that this is just my perception because clearly that movie just lands for so many other people and. Just to harp on this thing once again about meeting a movie on its own terms. Uh, it's it's a thing that happens with me consuming media as I grow older is just to go, oh, clearly I just didn't connect with it the way that everyone else does. And that's 
fine as opposed to so much uh media criticism and film criticism which is people trying to go right but my viewpoint is the right one mm-hmm. and let me try and and win yeah. this uh, uh, I, I mean, I get, I get it, man. Hey, hey, we still bros. <laughs> 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 romances. I love Creed too. I think Creed two rocks. Yeah, yeah. It makes Rocky four so much better, and Rocky four is stinky duty. <laughs> except for, except for, except for that hearts on fire training montage. So hearts on fire. Fire, man. It just, uh, it yeah. Just, that and then Vin Diesel's uh, feel like I do. Oh my god! What if it was a mashup? Oh shit! Oh. Feel like I feel do. Feel like my heart's on my heart's on fire. <gasps> I just I do, just do, do, do. We have any DJs that listen to the podcast? Do we do we have any musicians that we know that would be any able professional to, know, musicians that would just be able to apply their expertise in mixing? Mm. And, you know, uh, I I I I think. Yeah, her name. I think her name rhymes with Bolivia Schmarez, but I'll have Bolivia to. Schmarez. I'll have to. <laughs> Bol- Bolivia Schmarez. Bolivia <laughs> so Schmarez. I'll have to ask Bolivia, but we'll see. It's just you and a mustache <laughs> and a wig. And a monocle. <laughs> you and a mustache and like a Bob Ross with blonde wig. Hello, I am Bolivia. <laughs> But yeah, Olivia, no, we dude. Can clearly see no, no, it's, it's, it's Bolivia. Bolivia. The Tigeress. <laughs> <laughs> Executive. Um, <laughs> we, we like that. That was good. Nope. That was good. Y'all, can I, I got to tell you about this IMDb piece of trivia, and I so hope to God that this is real, because anyone can literally add trivia to IMDb. Really? But, yeah. Yes. It's like Wikipedia. Oh, wow. Yeah, but oh, I, I, I hope, I, I hope to the underverse that this is true, because apparently, like I said in the review, this was supposed to be part one of a three-part trilogy, and not only was this supposed to be part one of a three-part trilogy, but apparently all the screenplays were written out, and they were all in leather-bound volumes. Hell yeah! Just in the offices, apparently, Hell yeah. which is. Strikes me so much as Vin Diesel being the over-earnest guy that loves material. Whenever he loves material, he loves the material. And I just, I want to read those so bad. I want to hold the leather-bound volumes of Chronicles of Riddick 2 in my hands. I, it's outstanding. Vin, if you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah, Vin, I know you're a big fan of the show, but... I, I know November is not over and, and it should never be over. But if I think my favorite thing about Vin is one, he built his own career. That's just he he had a very difficult time in order to get into where he's at. And and a lot of people are like, oh, he's got beef with The Rock. And you know what? Let him let let him have beef with The Rock. Let him be upset that someone's trying to steal literally the empire that you built. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know, I I'd be upset too. I mean, you can say so many things about Vin Diesel. You can very much say that he's a diva. Uh, you can, you can. I I. From what it sounds like, he might make uh, work environments just a little toxic, just in terms of what he wants. The fact that 
you have to make fast five where neither he or the rock could lose the fight that they have not great from a creative standpoint very much letting egos drive storytelling which is not great and also to make his own career where he is i i hate to say this but this is a god's honest truth where hollywood thinks that he's ethnically ambiguous so they don't know what to do with him they can't cast him as a black dude they can't cast him as a latino dude they can't cast him as this or that so how does he have a career he makes his own career he goes to can he goes to sundance he gets spotted he's able to be in a spot where he gets spotted by spielberg and then he 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 forces the Riddick thing into being a franchise. He's able to start two other franchises, walks away from them, and then is able to use what status he has left and that kind of awkward earnestness that he has to make the Fast and the Furious into a franchise that is less driven by IP and more driven by the love of family the weird love that you have for characters like Ludacris and Tyrese where you are just so excited for some reason to see those actors it doesn't make sense but the way that Vin is able to code that movie because it's got to be him to make you excited to see these characters Again, and it, it doesn't make sense, but it also matches up to that weird, awkward, over-earnestness that it has. And the Fast and the Furious franchise is built on that love. And that's one of the reasons why Hobbs and Shaw doesn't work, because all it, it doesn't have that. It's all the masculine bravado that Fast and the Furious has, but with none of the heart until the last act, where they kind of remember, oh, right, doy family. And it feels so ham-fisted in that. Versus... Even though Fate of the Furious is kind of a step down compared to Furious 7, it's still infused with, wow, the family is rattled by these decisions. Yeah. It's it, it it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera with cars, and that's why Vin Diesel works. Yeah. yeah. So he earned his diva. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in, in that regard... He really kind of is like Stallone. Let me let me frame it this way. If Stallone is allowed to be a diva, if Schwarzenegger is allowed to be a diva, if Hollywood is fine with them being divas, then we shouldn't be punishing Vin Diesel for being a diva. Honestly, because, because they probably do that because of his racially ambiguous thing. Because if, yeah. if he was like Stallone or Schwarzenegger, oh, that's fine. Yeah, they're cool. Whatever. But now they can't really play some. So I'm like... I don't know, yeah. man. Vin, Vin, has to, <laughs> Vin has to be a diva or else he, we, there wouldn't be a podcast series that are dedicated to, to, to talking about him. He would just be relegated to, uh, he would be relegated to present day Bruce Willis movies, which would be a shame. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I, straight, straight to DVD. And, and I think the most difficult thing for, for like, for for folks to swallow on that kind of when we're talking about like actors being a diva and especially when we're talking uh, about people of color be, being divas like 
people are like, oh, well, they should be humble. They should be thankful in the opportunity that they were given. No, fuck that. They built their empire just like anybody. And I think that conversation gets brought up in in a lot of things, like even to a point like where I feel like I I don't want to and I don't have anything to complain about with work or anything. But I feel like if I were to complain about something, I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I should be thankful because, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of, you know, time and energy to get places. And, you know, as a, as a Latino person, I feel like I shouldn't complain because, you know, it, I, I not like that's ever been on the table for me. But I feel like if I were to complain too much, I'm, you know, the mouthy Mexican. And, and I think right. that's. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're go on. No, sorry, go ahead. Aaron. I, I was just going to add, like, um, like we're kind of taught that, too, as we grow mm-hmm. up, like. You shouldn't complain. You should be thankful because we don't get opportunities like this often. Exactly. And, and I think that's the same thing with like, like with Wesley Snipes, when he's complaining, mm-hmm. the dude isn't just complaining to complain. He's got some things he wants to vocalize and we let it slip with Arnie and Bruce and Bruce Willis is probably one of the biggest, you know, violators of be- being a diva. And we don't say a thing from he's really a bad guy. Kevin Smith, one of the most joyful stoners he could ever meet genuinely does not like that person and and i and i think it's one of those things where that conversation gets brought up if a person of color who's being a diva in hollywood you just say oh well they they need to be more humble they need to be more thankful no arnie didn't have to it's it's not to glorify the diva behavior because and i think james is the biggest flag carrier for this and i support this 100 percent. film should not be toxic work environments Mm -hmm. film should never be you're you're playing pretend it should be fun please try and don't be a diva and also if there is diva behavior that is acceptable from us white folks hi hello captain white man right here and i'm lieutenant then you should allow diva behavior for your people of color because they have to work 20 times harder for some reason, well, I, I, not for some reason, for systematic racism, racism, yeah. racism. Then, uh, yeah. So if you're going to allow for divas, let everyone be divas. Either yeah. everyone can be a diva or no one can be a diva. And, no and don't between. make it a diva with an asterisk like, oh, we right. just got to let him cool down. Like, no, you deal with with Bruce uh, Willis throwing fits. Yeah. Deal with with Vin Diesel throwing fits. It's yeah. The same same argument. Yeah. If people are willing to bend over backwards to hire Brian Singer yet again, mm-hmm. then Ew. Vin Diesel can dictate how many punches he wants The Rock to be able to throw at mm-hmm. him. Right. Mm. And then as Beyonce says, a diva is a female version of a hustler. It, yeah. So just want to know. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> just That's a perfect ending statement to go into the Rotten Tomatoes game. Play the stinger. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Boom da boom boom splat. Just Olivia's face listening to her own stinger is just, it's just wonderful. It's just, yeah. It's just because <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> Y'all, I've been, say- I've been saying this for a long time, but you guys have got to give Olivia a promotion. She Wait, just got one today. Her. I just oh, got only one. one? Wow. <laughs> she's got wow. one title. What? We've all got one title. So she, she's executive chief lioness as well as executive, executive chief, chief social chief media. Of music. Mm. Oh, oh, music. Oh, right. Oh, Theron's shit. Right. Okay. 
Oh, so again, okay, yeah. So, you, so yeah. we got three things now: social yeah. media and, and the host of the host of Shame Watch of TV. Shame. You, I, I think you mean I, car- I carry this she show. Keeps the I think you mean here. executive host of Shame Watch TV. <laughs> executive host of Shame Watch TV. The Rotten Tomatoes game. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a survey of how many people liked it. Going to be asking our panelists, of which there are four today! Hooray! For two scores, one being the critical approval score as well as the audience approval score, and each one of our panelists will have to give me a guess without going under. The reverse price is right rules as suggested by our great patron and our even better friend, Alan W. Smith. I don't know if his middle name starts with a W. It is now. But it is now, and the W stands for wonderful. Winner. (laughs) Out of 167 critical reviews. What? Starting with. <laughs> it deserves Wait, so much. How many more. reviews? What the 167. 167. S- uh, starting with Captain James Fight of the HMS anime. Mm-hmm. That's me. What do you think the approval rating is for? Chronicles of, of Riddick, directed by David Tui, written by David Tui, starring Vin Diesel, and also produced by Vin Diesel. And. David too. All right. I'm going to use the ships, the the anime ships overdrive feature. I'm going to say 37%. 37% on overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why 37? I, if that review that we heard earlier was any indi- indication, I feel like many reviewers hated this film. Even though we all Certainly. love it because it's wonderful. Certainly, we stand a yes. critic, for sure. Uh, Executive Lioness, the detective herself, Miss Suarez, sorry, Queen Suarez, uh, what do you think the approval rating is for Chronicles of Riddick? James, I see your 37%, and I raise you to 32%. Oh, 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 oh. one of those games. Okay, Olivia. <laughs> Empress, <Because> I think... <laughs> Empress Lioness what... playing for keeps, for sure. Because what James said, but minus five. <laughs> yes. Great strategy. Mr. Salinas, are you going to apply strategy like the Empress Lioness yourself, or are you going to shit the bed like James? <laughs> First of all, I just really liked the idea that if James were getting a ship and he could name it anything, he'd name it anime. I don't know why, just the idea of that just really makes me happy. He's just like, I, I like anime. I'll call it anime. Yeah, and the ship's yeah. motto would be the ship would be better if it was an anime. <laughs> yeah. And then if, if he were to just, make a series, it would it would yeah. be an anime. Yeah. That's what I'm trying just, to do. Just, just littered with all his favorite wife. Yeah. Just <laughs> all over the place. I've got so many, Duran. So many. <laughs> Burger would be better as an anime. I really hate that I'm going this low, but I feel like I have to. It was people didn't like this movie. I'm gonna give the gothic space drama of all best gothic space drama of all time. This the the Aztec fight back story that never happened that I've always wanted. A twenty four. 
Whoa. Whoa. I'm sorry, buddy. That was hey. hard for you. Uh, Only because uh, those man. numbers, man, that 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 box office number is low because people probably didn't like it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking, mm. too. Aaron playing with his head and not his heart. Perhaps Duran will make a similar decision as well. I, I, I'm going to go the opposite end. Oh, shit. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to say it's probably like around 54. Okay. Oh, 54. Buddy, I think you're being a little Ron optimistic. Ron is being an optimist. Yeah. It, like, so so mean, meaning, like, yeah, people probably didn't like it. So it's probably more towards like, eh, but it's still more of a cult classic that, you know, like, like after people went to go watch yep. it later down on. Ron, way to think with your heart, because that's what Shane Watch is all about. It's using your heart and feeling with it's your true. heart. But unfortunately, that's fucking wrong. <laughs> Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, you are closest without going under. The correct answer is 29%. Whoa. Oh, Congratulations, man. your royal badness. You have one supreme. <sighs> Damn. But my crown... My crown did not no shifting. fall off of my no head. No shifting of that crown. Not only did it no not shift, you can get to add more diamonds on it. Yeah, I nailed that. <laughs> Out of 329,573 audience Whoa. reviews, starting with Duran himself, what do you think the audience approval rating is for Chronicles of Riddick, the second in the Riddick trilogy? I'm doubling down on 54. <laughs> oh, shit. I feel like this is a smart choice. I feel Doubling <laughs> down on 54. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Salinas. I'm going to say 49. 49%. Oh. 49. Why 49? I, I, I feel like... I feel like... One, people probably dogged on Chronicles of Riddick just at, out of the gate. But I also feel like, two, once people actually watch the movie 10 years after posting their Rotten Tomato score, they're like, oh, like, like once it was on the background during on a Wednesday afternoon on HBO and they just happened to catch it because that's probably how they saw it. They're like, oh, this is kind of kind of cool. So I, I, I think overall people just didn't give it a chance. I think Yes. It it's a lot to handle, man. You got Keith David, you got Judy yeah. Dench, you got you got you got Vodka. It's a lot. I don't I don't blame them. It's just my ten year old brain was all for it. You're dialed into it, but you don't think that the audience is dialed into it. Absolutely. Certainly. Empress Lioness, what do you think the audience approval rating is? Aaron, I see your 49% and I raise you to 45%. Whoa. Oh, I think she's right. <laughs> Just because whatever you said, but minus four. <laughs> James is five, but I'm four. I like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the captain himself, Mr. Fight, standing on the command deck of HMS Anime, blue hair flowing in the wind his long trench coat and his giant oversized sword in tow with japanese electronica playing in the background hell yeah dude uh, i would totally sing over the merch. two hills <laughs> there's, of bowling green <laughs> there's no normal walls it's all just neons 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking on this, but I'm excited for this anime. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm about it. It's an it's an anime about the ship, the HMS anime. There's been weirder animes, Kenny. You're not sure. wrong. I got Space a, Dandy. Yeah. Space Dandy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a Funimation account, man. There's some weird shit out there. Oh uh, yeah, there's yeah. I still need to get your login for that. Anyway, uh, yeah. I I miscalculated that hyperdrive, so I'm gonna pull it back and then activate over under hyper ultra drive which is an anime move obviously and i'm gonna use my optimism powers to believe in the power of friendship because i think there's more errands in the world and i think this is 74 percent. 74 percent. wow that's optimistic the power, the power of anime, of anime. <laughs> hell yeah convergence <laughs> james is not a fuddy-duddy unlike aaron who is a funny duddy as we've, we've established aaron is the grumpy group for <laughs> yeah. sure. I, yeah i've got vin Anyone diesel that... and the power of anime behind me <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for <laughs> that sounds like a they band really... name vin <laughs> diesel and the power of yeah. anime yeah it's <laughs> our... oh you're never that's our that bad vin name. diesel's that's... backup career <laughs> Yeah, Vin, if you're listening, I mean, name your background band the Power of Anime. Please yeah. complete this. His backup, his backup career. That's his career now. In pandemic, he's releasing songs. That is his band. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, also, Captain, your optimism has paid oh. off. Oh, you are cl- you are closest without going under. The correct answer is sixty five percent. Audience oh. certifies it. Oh, I'll take it. Oh Anime wins again. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as per always, we have a $30 penalty for the person that underbids the most that- is often the most pessimistic. And just kind of looking at the scores right here. Uh, oh, wow. I guess, yeah, it's Aaron. Aaron is the one that has kind of underbid the most whenever you average out all the scores. Um, it's... Yeah, I get Aaron. I guess you're gonna have to pay thirty dollars to a charity of Duran's choosing. Oh, I mean, because James won and Olivia won, and I mean, I'm not gonna hold the guest to these rules. And I mean, I can't ever play because I'm the one that prepares the game, so I mean, it's Aaron. Kenny, you've too. played before, someone else has prepped the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wait, what? That's been our no. episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at Patreon dot com slash shamewatch it does cost money to put out superb content like this pod so even a one dollar donation can make a huge difference it's just one dollar it's just one dollar but it's a dollar in our pockets into our hearts and it you know makes us work even harder uh olivia what's at the ten dollar level level you get everything at all of the other levels and you get a picture of a host's feet <clears throat> remember the pair because you can't just do one and then you get a haiku that's either written by aaron or james not kenny or myself and yeah ten dollars 
I'm on. Aaron, what happens at the seven dollar level? Uh, Olivia gave you a lifeline. She is mouthing the words to you. <laughs> she is now actively <laughs> miming the answer. Oh, behind behind the scenes. Photos. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yes, and everything else. I was like, why did she point at her butt? Like, what? Did she point <laughs> behind her? You oh, get? I did. I did point at my ass. Right? Though. I, was I was like, was, like she... behind the uh, scenes. Uh, Kenny weapons to the five dollar level. At the shameful level, I think you mean, Mister Fight. You get level. all of the. Delicious pre-show bits. You get to listen to the show before the show. Isn't that great? Pretty great. And at the $2 level, you get to listen to our executive lioness herself, host, Shane Watch TV, and you get access to our marathon episodes and our commentary episodes that we're dropping each month. And you get to hear your name on the podcast, starting with Kenny Madison of Austin, Texas. Aaron O'Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Of Leander, Texas. Riley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I lost my spot. Um, uh, Nolan Barger. Of Oklahoma City, okay. Uh, Diane Davis. Of Austin, right? Texas. Yep, okay. Yep. Uh, the Con Save. Of Stephenville, Texas. Uh, until next time. Wait, uh, wait, wait. <sighs> You'll kill us with a radio show? Podcast, actually. What's that? <laughs> I'll kill you with my podcast. Did you two line up that bit? Just... <laughs> <laughs> In the Until last two minutes, yes. Amazing. Until next time, our watch is now ended. Dive at your own risk. I am so excited to watch the next Riddick movie. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm s yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad there's another Riddick movie. It's, it's actually really good. I, I really enjoyed it's it. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs>